Today we are going to be uh, discussing, I'm going to be teaching on a topic, a subject that I think is very fitting for this time of year and for the current situation in our world. I'm going to be teaching about fear today. Everybody say fear. fear. Give me that. <laughs> no, I don't do that. That was a little awkward. Fear is one of our culture's greatest commodities. I'm going to say that again. Fear is one of our culture's greatest commodities. Think about when you watch the news. What's the lead in? Hey, come back after commercial break. If we scared you a minute ago, just wait till after commercial. We're going to tell you about this. That's fear. Fear is what sells news. It sells movies. It sells books. Uh, it sells politics. If you don't vote for me, this is going to happen. Y'all voted for him. Now this is going to happen. You see what I'm saying? It's all based on fear. Politics. Insurance. <laughs> Why do you buy insurance, right? Because you're scared to death that something's going to happen. Fear. It's a commodity. Did you know, and my, our, our incredible crack research team found this out for me because I didn't know this number at the earlier service. Did you know that in America, in 2016, we spent $8.4 billion on Halloween? Hold up, that's where they be. Like big, you know? $8.4 billion on Halloween. Fear is our culture's, one of our culture's greatest commodities. Fear is also relative, which means this. It means that what scares you may not scare me. What scares the person beside you may not even bother you at all. Let me give you a great example of that. How many of you have ever got your kid all dressed up to go take pictures with Santa Claus? Huh? Got them all dressed up. And baby, this is the one. You know the one, the chimney and all that stuff and the gift? This is the one. We're going to go take a picture. And as soon as they see him, ah! <laughs> right? And what are you saying? No, no, this is not the one you're supposed to be scared of. They're afraid of Santa Claus, and yet they're not afraid of sharp objects. <laughs> they're not afraid of just running right out in traffic, right? Just absolutely no fear at all. So, What scares them doesn't scare us, and yet what scares us doesn't scare them. The word, the the letters I-R-S, no fear at all in their brain. Right? How about this one? Homeowners Association. Yeah, no fear at all. Pink slips, none of that bothers them at all. Because different things... Scared different people. Fear has that impact on us. It has that effect on us. And it's relative. What scares you may not even bother me. What bothers me may not bother you. The Bible, throughout the Bible, there are two words that I want to key in on today. And it's these two words, fear not. Everybody say, fear not. And my goal today is for you to get more of those two words in your life than you do the word fear. Instead of fear, I want to add fear not. Throughout the Bible, you find that Mary, the angel shows up to Mary, and the first thing he says to her is, fear not. Throughout the Bible, things happen, and the angels will say, fear not. 
And here's what I've found. By the time they've said it, it's already too late, right? I wish they would like send a text before, hey, I'm going to show up in the middle of nowhere, so fear not, here I am. No, it's like afterwards is when it says that fear not. I want this to be a part of your life today. I want, I want to help you move through your life with less fear and more faith. Everybody say, less fear, less fear. more faith. So if you're taking notes today, I want, you to, uh, I want you to write this down. There's four definitions of fear. The first one is awe. Awe, like A-W-E, not awe. Oh, man, like awe, I mean respect would be a, a, what that means. Um, then there's alarm, all A words because I like alliteration. Alarm, which is this emotional thing, this impulse, like the jump scare, you know what I'm talking about? Like, ah, that, that thing, that's alarm. And then there's anxiety. This is worry, stress. And then number four is apprehension. This is dread. You, you oh, man, I just don't know. So out of these four, uh, I want to focus on two of them. The two that I don't want to, I do want to, but we don't have time for me to spend a lot of time on today is the first one, awe. Uh, however, I could do an entire series on that because what you are in awe of is what you worship. So if you have an issue with worshiping, you have an issue with really falling in love with God, that tells me that you don't really have enough awe for Him. So if you want to change your worship, it's not about getting a new worship song. It's about getting more awe in your life. How do I do that? Just study a star. Pick out one star and study that star. Figure out how it got there. What and all the galaxies, all right? I'm going to tell you what. We'll bring some awe. I told you don't, you don't have to get a new worship song, but now I'm going to refute that by telling you, if you want to get some more awe in your life, go download Hillsong United's new song, So Will I, and listen to it a hundred billion times, okay? That's actually the name of it. So Will I a hundred billion times. It is amazing how it creates this feeling of, oh my God, he's an incredible God. He is so big, and yet he's so concerned about the minute detail of my life. How many need some more awe in your life? The rest of y'all are doing good. How many need some more awe in your life? Then just say with me, awe. The next one that we're not going to spend a lot of time on, I love how I just spent some time on the one I said I wasn't going to spend any time on, is alarm. You know, that, ah, oh, that thing that happens. And however, I do think we, there's a, we need to pay attention to alarm. It's there for a reason. You know, God puts these things in our, our, our life to be, okay, there's a reason you need to be scared of some things. You know, when it, the shark, ah, okay, that scared me. All right. There's a reason, all right? The, the snake, nope, not going to do it. Me, no, 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 no. Lightning and snakes, no, sir. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I don't, like a, I don't like a live snake, a dead snake, or a stick that looks like a snake, okay? Just can't do it. Can I get an amen from somebody? Mm-mm, just cannot do it. Sorry, you snake lovers, okay? Uh, we need an alarm. That's why, I that's why I don't go to spook houses. Like, <laughs> there's a reason I'm scared, okay? Why would I put myself into that situation again? Just can't do it, all right? But we won't deal with that. I want to deal with today are the two, anxiety and apprehension. We'll talk about those two, the anxiety 
and apprehension, the, the worry, the stress, the dread. When fear becomes overwhelming, when it moves beyond that natural state of, ah, into, oh God, oh no. Some of you woke up that way this morning. Some of you will wake up that way in the morning. Oh, oh no, oh God. But it's this, this stress and worry and anxiousness and, and dread. I want to deal with that. Not the natural fear, but when it, becomes, when it becomes debilitating, when it becomes consuming, when it becomes controlling. Y'all with me? That's what we want to talk about. It's called a phobia. The Bible calls it being a slave to fear. Controlling you. I'm looking at some of you right now that I know your story. And you've been waiting on this day ever since a few weeks ago when I said on, on, the, on the 29th, I'm going to be preaching on fear. Some of you mark that and go, man, I need that because fear controls me. It's a part of who I am. There are others of you that right now are kind of checking out. Like, yeah, I, I, it doesn't really control me. Maybe not all the time, but I want to tell you something. Any time that fear controls you is too much of the time. If you're taking notes, write that down. If you're not taking notes, you need to be taking notes. Write that down. Not all of them, just that. If fear controls you any time, that's already too much of the time. Because God does not want us to be controlled by anything. He doesn't even control us. Why would He allow something else To control us. Everybody say a a slave to fear. Here's what I found. I found that fear turns you into a slave. And being a slave makes you fearful. And so it's this vicious cycle. Fear takes over you. You become a slave to it. You're controlled by it. And now that you have a slave mindset and mentality then you're fearful of everything that's going on in your life. However, thank God for Romans chapter 8 and 15. And y'all thought I was going to get off of Romans 8 for a day. Uh Uh-uh, we are still there. Romans 8 and 15, it's on the screen. The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, man, I love that word, rather. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. Look at me. God does not want his children to be slaves. God does not want his children to be fearful. And God does not want his children to be slaves to fear. So let's get that off, right? Let's start off right there. Because some of you have been raised in a relationship or maybe in a religion where it felt like slavery. That is not God's will for your life. It's not. Where there's this constant fear and dread. That's not God. That's somebody else. Don't blame that on my Jesus, all right? That's a good tweetable t-shirt. The spirit you received did not make you a slave again to fear. But instead, it's a spirit of adoption 
that brings about your sonship. I want you to notice, bring that scripture back up for me, Carol, if you will. I want you to notice the synonyms and the anonyms in this passage of scripture. Now, I'm from Mississippi. That's amazing that I said synonyms and anonyms all in like one phrase, okay? I practiced that. That was what I did this week, just practiced that right there. Watch this. The word slave and the word fear go together. Let me tell you why. Because a slave has had their identity taken away. A slave has been bought, has been enslaved, has been imprisoned. You don't have a name, you got a number, and you do what we tell you to do. That's a slave mentality. And because of a slave mentality, they don't know, the slave doesn't know really who they are. And so because of that, they don't know what will happen to them. See, the, see what happens there? However, adoption is tied into sonship. Adoption is, I don't just know who I am, I know whose I am. And because I am whose I am, I know what my future is because I'm not a slave. I am a child of God. Thank you for that. Amen. Now, a lot of you feel like that the opposite of, the opposite of fear is courage. No, the opposite of fear is faith. That's the opposite of fear. Faith. We'll get to that in just a minute. I got ahead of myself just a little bit. Got a little fired up. Let me, let me show you this, the parallel. Or not the parallel, the, 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 the difference here. Satan is all about the unknown. That's where Satan thrives, in the unknown. Watch how he started the whole thing in the garden. Comes up to Eve and first says, did God really say? Right? That question, like, are you really sure that he said? Now, watch how Jesus responds when he's tempted by the same devil. It is written. See the difference? Did God say? It is written. Unknown? No. I said that section was supposed to help me out. Y'all are sitting like this right here. It ain't happening. I told y'all I'm coming at you today. I love y'all, but come on, help me out. Unknown. What does Satan operate in? Darkness. Think about that. Y'all know, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. How many, like, you live in your house, but all of a sudden the lights go out, like, oh, God, what am I, just running into stuff? Like, you don't know where to go. What about God? Light. Unknown? What y'all want to see? I love that about him. I love that about God. Just, it's all in the open. Everything's just wide open. You know, as a leader, you know, sometimes you're tempted to like, if you have an authority or a revelation, you're like, I'm going to keep this to myself because if I don't, then they'll all take over, you know. Not God. He's like, what y'all want to know? 
Jesus showed up and he said, hey, y'all, everything he's telling me, I'm telling y'all. Ain't that different than scrolls that only we can read? No, it's like, what y'all want to know, tell everybody. Satan, unknown. He's the father of, not just a liar, the father of them. That's why when you lie, suddenly you're in a relationship there with somebody you don't want to be in. Because that's what he creates, okay? So, the father of lies, and yet Jesus said, I am the truth. And he said, also, I'm going to tell you what else. This truth that I am is going to make you free. It's going to set you free. So, unknown is where the devil flourishes. The known is where God operates. And the reason Satan uses fear as one of his greatest weapons is because fear is all about the unknown. Remember I said that the the enemy of fear is faith? Well, fear is also always about the future. Like, I'm not scared of my past. My past doesn't scare me. Even my present. Even if something happened right now, like, boom, ah! If I screamed, the alarm thing, it would be about what's coming next. Right? So fear is all about the future. Now, I'm not a big Netflix guy, you know, but when I do, you know, Netflix or, or, man, thank God that just even the regular cable company now have that fast forward button because I don't like suspense, okay? I'm just going to tell you, I don't like scary movies. I don't like even if, I don't even like if, if somebody's around the corner. I don't even like that, okay? No, 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 no. I don't want to know anything about it. So I, this may just be me. I asked at the earlier service and nobody would confess about it. But sometimes if there's a suspenseful moment in a show, I will fast forward that puppy. Not like lightning fast. I want to see what's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Can I get an amen from somebody? Yeah, I want to know, okay, what's going to happen when that boom hits? You know, they call it a jump scare in Hollywood. I go, yeah, like that. You know? And some of it's just a cat running out of a closet, you know. I thought it was the killer. Well, I want to know, is it the cat or is it the killer? And then I'll rewind and I'll take in the dialogue and understand the, the whole thing. Did you know why? It's not scary once you know. Ooh, thank you. That's not just good preaching. That's a good word. That's a word from the Lord for someone right now. Because this is the only power fear has. It's the only power it has is this. I just don't know. I don't know how it's going to end. I don't know how it's going to go. I don't know how they're going to respond. I don't know what's going to, I don't know. I don't know what the diagnosis, I don't know. And so that brings fear. Oh, but when you know, it changes the game. And it feels more like a game. When you just know. When I know how the episode ends. When I have read the back of the book, and as we said a few months ago that became our mantra around here, I've read the back of the book and hashtag, 
For those of you who weren't here, let's all say it again. I've read the back of the book and hashtag we win. Look at your neighbor and say, you may not feel like it now. Mm-hmm. You know. Woo. We don't just win. I know that we win. It's all about knowing. Because when you know, when you don't know, it's fear. But when you know, who's behind the mask? When the mask gets pulled off. Several Halloweens ago, I just loved putting something on, just scaring our dogs to death. Just like. And we got one, Hendrix, that will come right at you. Like, you scare him, he'll come at you. Hank will just be off in a corner somewhere, just scared to death. And then I take the mask off. Oh, hey, Daddy, give me some treats. You know, like, it's awesome. See the mask, right? And then all of a sudden the mask comes off. Oh, it's, it's not as scary. Man, the enemy has such a job, a great, he, he's good at putting that mask on. And hiding who he really is. Let me tell you who he really is. He's a serpent with a crushed head. Mask off. Think about that. In the very beginning, did God really say? God's like, oh yeah, I did. And because this all happened, you're going to strike man's heel, but man's going to strike your head. And when Jesus shows up and says, it is finished, it was just a, just that. If you got to pick a bruised heel or a bruised head, I'm going to pick, I pick the heel, okay? I take the heel because the head's going to lose, all right? Being raised in Mississippi, that was just snakes all over the place. Probably why I'm scared of them, all right? They're just all over the place, you know? And here's what I have found out, that when you kill one, we killed a rattlesnake one time, a big old honking rattlesnake. It didn't honk, it rattled, but it was a big honking one. That head off, turned around and looked back, and it was coiled up with no head. Boy, isn't that a perfect depiction of the enemy? Just called up. Just no head, no power, just a nub. Just take the mask off. Think about this. The Bible says that the enemy is is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Think about the terrible strategy of stalking prey that way. Roar! Those of you listening by audio, I am now stalking prey. <laughs> How dumb is that? Hey, bro, we hear you, okay? Don't just, why don't you just hear you? I see you. You know, the only lions that roar all the time are old, toothless, dying lions. A young one doesn't. Now, if it has its prey, it may roar to keep everybody off. But one that just roars all the time means it ain't got no power. Death, where is your sting? Grave, where is your victory? You got no power. Just this section right here, like a little golf clap. Like, that was a pretty good putt. There's a little putt, a little break in it. Come on, y'all. What? Come on. The enemy has no power. Hold up. No, 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 no. Stop. Let me tell you why you're afraid to clap. Because you're afraid he's going to get you tomorrow. I'm serious. 
We've been taught, oh, don't talk about the devil. He'll come get you. He's already coming at you. But when you have an understanding of who's behind the mask and that Jesus said in Matthew 28, 18, all power has been given unto me in heaven and earth. Now go ye therefore. What he's saying is, I've got the power. Now I'm giving it to my disciples. And wherever you go, you're going to have this same power. Yeah, amen. That word all, that word all in the original Greek, you know what it means? All. 100%. That means if he has all power, how much does the enemy have? Only what we give him. It'd be like having a rabid dog in your backyard and you're just letting him stay there. He only has the power that you give him. You got a phone, pick up a phone, call a dog catcher. Come on. Let's do it. Take care. Call Randall Scruggs. Randall take care of that thing for you. Just take it right out, all right? The power that we give him. When we know how the story ends, when we know who's behind the mask, when we know who's really in control, and it's not the politicians, and it's not the leaders, and it's not your spouse. And it's not your boss. And it's not depression. Who's really in control is God of all the earth. God of heaven and earth. Does that bring some awe? Now let me tell you what you really need to know. He's a good, good father. That's the mask. Here we go. When I have an understanding... Of who is really. I know how the story ends. I know who's behind the mask. I know who God really is. And that he is a loving father. When you know that. And when you know who you are in him. That you are a child of God. That changes the fear thing. Suddenly, okay, I know how the story ends. I know who's behind the mask. I know that God is a heavenly father who loves me with everything that he has. And I know that because of his love now, he has adopted me as his child. It changes the whole fear thing. And here's why Satan attacks your identity. And this is my life message. And one day I'm going to write a book on it and we'll do a whole series on it. But my life message is about identity. Figuring out who you are in Christ and knowing who you are. Because the reason the enemy attacks our identity is because if we question who we are, we question what happens to us. If you question who you are, then you question what's going to happen to you. But if you really know who you are, you don't worry as much about what's going to happen to you. Because you know that you're the child of a good, good father. And that he works everything out for the good of them who are called according to his purpose. And that's when you realize that there's no reason for you to be a slave to fear. Because you know, my daddy's in control. Let's go back to our text. Almost done. Romans 8 and 15. The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. Those words, Abba, Father, if you just want to say it in our words, it's, Daddy! Daddy, 
about that. I'm going to tell you what. I hear those boys say that right there. I can be at the other side of our house. And we don't have a little house. I'll be at the other side of it. And I can hear, Daddy! Woo! I'll go through a wall. How many know what I'm talking about? There's, that's a difference. Hey, Dad. Dad! Go on, let's go. Changes the whole thing. Evan's, in, Evan's three hours away. And that, the phone rings and I hear this. Hey, Dad. Hey, buddy. I'm, come, I'm, I'm on my way, all right? It's three hours. I'll be there an hour and a half. What is it? The inflection, the tone. You know why? Because those boys know I'm a good daddy, all right? And here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, if you, being evil, know how to take care of your kids, how much more will your heavenly Father, who is pure and holy? I mess up as a dad on a daily basis, but I still am going to run and take care of them. How much more will a God who gave everything for us come running to us when he hears one of his children go, Daddy! Come on, I want somebody to get that revelation. Get that revelation. When fear starts creeping in, instead of, oh God, oh God. Hey, Daddy, I need you, Daddy. Change your mindset. Switch the atmosphere. Turn off the country. Put on some worship. Ain't nothing wrong with country. I love me some country. But it very rarely will take you into the presence of God, okay? Change the atmosphere. Turn off some R&B. Turn off some rap. Click on some worship. Just, you ain't got to be a whole thing. Just, just uh, what is it? Oh, and you'll watch the atmosphere start changing in your home. You'll watch the atmosphere start changing. When your alarm turns to awe, then all of a sudden God starts. And you know who he is. You know that he loves you, that he cares for you. And he's never going to let you go. He's always there. Look at me. Some of you are afraid of rejection. He'll never reject you. For those of you who are afraid of being alone, he's never going to leave you alone. For those of you who are scared of being hurt, he's not going to hurt you. I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to offend you. You're going to get ticked off at me. You're going to hate something I say. That's what I do, okay? Not him. Loving. Always going to be with you. Let that mindset change. Let your fear turn to faith. And then watch this. As I was praying early this morning, actually it was late last night, still early this morning, I saw the scripture pop up in my head, John 16 and 33, where Jesus just says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. And then watch what he says. In this world, you will have trouble. Now look at that. Think about that. Isn't that just the opposite of how we normally market? Hey, come to our restaurant and you're going to love it all the time. (laughs) Buy our insurance and everything's great. Come to our church and it's just going to be bliss. No, that's not how Jesus, he didn't market that way. He's like, hey, y'all, life sucks. I'm not sure if he really said it that way, but that's how I would say it. Like, it's bad. Job said, man that is born of woman is a few days, and those few days are full of trouble. Can I get an amen from somebody that knows? Now, young people won't amen that as much because they ain't seen it as much, but how about some folks that have faced some trouble in your life, right? You know it's true, right? It's full of trouble. What do you say? And I'm not talking about our kind of trouble. Like Mr. Bill. You know, 
a traffic jam. Or even worse than that, tension in the workplace, tension in the home. What he was saying was, some of y'all are going to be burned at the stake. Some of you will be beheaded. That's what he was talking about. Not, you didn't get my latte right, okay? Not that. Now, look, I'm not making light of your trouble, all right? Because I got my own. I'm not making light of it. But it is light when compared to the glory that is ahead of us. Remember, we just read this a couple of weeks ago. It said, I, I find out that our present sufferings don't even compare to the glory that's going to be revealed to us. See what happens there? Fear here, faith there. And watch what he says. Bring it back up for me. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. That means have courage. Be encouraged. Be bold. Be brave. Why? Because I've overcome the world. And this is where the mindset changes. Dread, fear, apprehension. And then all of a sudden you remember, wait, I've got a good daddy that has already gone ahead of me, conquered the world, and has now handed it back to me. And so when your fear turns to faith, it changes the whole atmosphere. I'm going to have a team come up. Come join me, worship team. Don't tune me out. I want to tell you, my favorite passage in the scripture, first sermon I ever preached for big church. I preached sermons to, to youth, but this is my first big church sermon. was 1 Samuel 17, 48. One of my favorite passages of scripture, okay? Everybody look at me. Don't worry about them. They're all good. They know where they're going. They'll make it on stage fine, okay? You, you look at me, all right? I love you. I get so worried. Were they okay? They know where they're going. They're going to get lost back there? What key are they going to play? Do they know what key they're in? Yes, they all know the key. We've already done this one time today, so they got it, all right? Look at me. This is important. 1 Samuel 17, 48, the Bible says, And David, when he drew near to the giant Goliath, that he ran toward the entire Philistine army. Wait a minute. Hold up. Just the giant scares me. David ran toward the entire honking army. How do you do that? Because David could go back and say, I remember when Samuel anointed me to be king. I ain't king yet. You're standing between me and my destiny. So I don't care how big you are. I don't care how many Philistines. Bring on your friends, your Hittites, the Amorites, the Parasites, the Jebusites. Bring them all. I'll take on all of you because you're standing between me and what God has said for me. Suddenly, his what could have been fear turns into faith. Let's go. One boy, one sling changes the entire thing. All because fear turned to faith. Anybody receive this word today? Look, I don't mean... Applaud for a great word. I'm talking about, do you receive this word today? In your heart. 